0: Listen to NerdWallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you.
1: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Ole Miss fans, fasten your seatbelts. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. It's your chance to talk Ole Miss sports with Rebel coaches and your host, Chuck Roundsville of the Ole Miss spirit, covering Ole Miss sports for 35 years. Are you ready? We're ready. Are you ready? The lines are open at 888-808-8637. Let's fellas.
2: Now, let's talk Ole Miss sports with Chuck Howdy, Toddy Rebel Nation. Welcome to the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. I'm Chuck. He's Yancey. What's up, brother? Not much. Not much. Uh, not the prettiest game, but the Rebels
3: got out of, out of there with the W and, more importantly, without any season-ending injuries or long-term
2: injuries to uh, to the guys in the rotation. My uh, friend, Sean Toohey, I ran into him immediately after the game, and I was a little down in the mouth with the way we had played and uh, – <laughs> he gave me a little words of wisdom. He said, Chuck, I'd rather pay, play poorly and win than play great and lose. <laughs> so, No hey, question about it's, that. It's all about the Ws. That's it. Uh, you know, and, and, I, and I, I guess I'm too old to be into style points, but sometimes I still am. I, I think I was just anticipating a, a little cleaner game, uh, particularly, um, you know, uh on the defensive side of the yeah. ball, I, I thought they would shut Southeastern Louisiana down a little better than they did, but Southeastern Louisiana uh, torched them pretty good through the air and it showed a weakness. They did. They did. You
3: hope that it was the case of not playing with the hair on fire, so to speak, and I saw a couple look like blown assignments in the secondary guys running free. I don't think we got a great explanation on that from McIntyre, but... The front seven looked like uh, they were still playing pretty salty. Just got to get that secondary and without these blown coverages.
2: I was a little disappointed, and so was McIntyre, about the way they covered the flare pass. Number one, flared out all day it seemed like and would pick up 8, 10, 12 yards, uh, and and we never seemed to adjust to that or have anybody shadow him out to the flat or or to the swing pass area. Uh, That was a little disturbing to me, but... That's a great point. We saw
3: Memphis use that flare pass a lot, which Ole Miss shut down. So I don't know what happened in that game, but you know they have the potential to cover that pass because Memphis certainly used it quite often in that
2: opening game. Yeah. What's on tap brought to you by the Library Sports Bar, home Monday night football on the huge screen. Oxford's most popular watering hole on the square, 120 South 11th Street. Oh, never mind. You know where the library is. Everybody knows where the library is. We're going to have Parrish Alford, the Old Miss beat writer for Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, be on at 6.15 to give us an objective take on the Rebels through three games. And then I'm not sure yet who we're going to have at 6.30, Yancey. I've been trying to get Ty Nix, the outside linebacker coach, but I haven't been able to get a response from him. So it may be Tom Luke who's, who will give us more of a general overview rather than just one position like Ty would. But we'll know in a few minutes, either one way or the other. Um, You know, I I think that uh, the movement on opposing defensive lines is really giving our offensive line problems because Memphis used movement. Southeastern Louisiana used movement. Arkansas didn't. They were stationary, and our guys honed in on them and blocked them all day. Against Memphis and Southeastern Louisiana, it looked like they – didn't know who to block. And and I think that that bank of recognition, as I call it, that offensive linemen have to develop and, and, and keep, adding to that bank of recognition has not quite kicked in. They don't know what to do when they see things they haven't prepared for. Well, that's a great point. And as we'll see Saturday, you're playing
3: a a California team that's very experienced on defense, not only good, but experienced. Oh, a lot of seniors. They're going to have a lot of information banked in their knowledge. So uh, it's going to be interesting for that offensive line.
2: We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Railway Hotline. Hang tight.
4: 2019 a special year with a new vehicle from cannon chevrolet we have a large inventory to meet your needs shop our inventory 24 7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in greenwood or cleveland test drive the new sporty chevy malibu the family friendly chevy tahoe and the strong chevy silverado and remember when the smoke clears nobody beats a cannon deal nobody chevrolet buy a new road
5: if you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander ht go 56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander ht go 56 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV.
6: Why get iPhone 10s on the C Spire Network? For that business trip to Chicago when your son sends a funny emoji. <laughs> for Aunt Ella's birthday where your iPhone 10s dual lens camera takes the picture everyone wants. Oh. Get the most from iPhone 10s with twice the nationwide LTE. iPhone 10s and C Spire, for every moment. C Spire, customer inspired for a limited time, buy the latest iPhone. Get one on us. Details at CSPAR.com.
3: The
1: farm provides us with many things and it means many things. From crops to cattle, poultry and timber, the farm is vital to our everyday lives. It's a place to enjoy the outdoors and where many traditions are born. Whatever the farm means to you, let First South Farm Credit finance it. We're ready to help you make your dream of land ownership or farming your own land a reality. Visit firstsouthland.com, equal housing lender. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yale Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yale Hotline.
2: All right, welcome back. Cannon Motors, Mississippi Rebel Yo Hotline. Is that some rush there, Rhino? Oh, play yeah. Play some rush. Play some rush. That's what people used to, my age, used to scream out at concerts. To, and it wouldn't matter who who was on stage. They'd say, play some rush. Ugh. Of course, they were stoned out of their minds, but <laughs> 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 let's go to the control room for Mr. Hayden King standing in for Jack Schultz on Old Miss Sports News. Take it away, Rhino. It's time now for All Miss
5: Sports News, brought to you by Rebel Rags on Jackson Avenue, Oxford. Tell them about it, Molly.
6: Rebel Rags, anything, everything, Ole Miss.
5: What's up, Rebel Nation? Hayden King filling in for Jack Schultz this week. Week three of Ole Miss football was a hot one once again, and the Rebs hosted southeastern Louisiana in a scorcher on Saturday. The Rebs held on for the win 40-29. to An impressive offensive effort by On Ely and huge defensive stops late helped Ole Miss hold on for the win. Ely tallied 207 of the yards from scrimmage, and quarterback Matt Corral was 21 for 30 for 239 yards and two touchdowns. Scotty Phillips finished with 103 rushing yards and a score, and Elijah Moore led the air attack with 88 receiving yards yards in a trip for 6. The Olmiss defense was pretty out on Saturday as well, holding Southeastern Louisiana to only 66 rushing yards. It was the first time the Rebels allowed less than 100 yards in back-to-back games on the ground since 2015. Olmiss Soccer was unable to pull off a comeback win against South Alabama, falling 2 to 1. The Rebels are 6 and 2 on the season and start SEC play against Mizzou on Friday. After a top-three finish in Wisconsin, men's golf heads to Illinois for the Wyndon Memorial Classic. The ladies finish in a top-five at their season opener last week in New Mexico. Volleyball is on a six-game win streak after sweeping in New Orleans and over the weekend at the Central Arkansas Invitational. They head to Washington, D.C. for a two-game tournament. Finally, the number 15 Ole Miss women's cross country team put together a superb early season team performance, winning the 2019 Commodore Classic against a competitive field on Saturday up in Nashville. A lot of things happening around Ole Miss. Now back to Chuck and Yancey. All
2: right. Thank you, Hayden. Hayden. Uh, Yancey, before I come to you about some uh, recruits that were here over the weekend, I I thought one statement Mike McIntyre made, and it Hayden's uh, update reminded me of this. He said we held them to 66 yards rushing. Yeah. He said he said, and I thought this was so true about modern football. He said, you know, if you held if you hold a team under 100 yards rushing, you got a chance to win, even if they pass for 300 yards, which Southeastern Louisiana did. But if they rush for 300. <laughs> and you hold them for a hundred under a hundred passing, you don't have a chance.
3: So <laughs> no, you know, and that brings up an interesting point. You know, I I sit there and watch, observe the offense, and I'm like, can Ole Miss win with this style of offense against the elite defenses? Can they run the ball seventy five percent of the time? And, and I'm I'm skeptical of being able to win consistently in the SEC doing it that way. But if you can. We've seen, uh, as you see what McIntyre said, it's much more devastating for defense when you can run against them than pass. But can, uh,
2: can Ole Miss win running the
3: ball this much? I don't think they can, Chuck. What's your
2: opinion? I don't know. You know, it just depends. Um, they, they did it. Against Arkansas, but yeah, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't as effective against Southeast Louisiana. Again, I think they've got to get tuned in on this movement. No doubt,
3: I don't think that's what they visualize. Uh, you know, everything being, but I think right now there's a little concern with Matt's decision making and the wide receivers, you know, developing that are so young, and I think yeah. that's kind of tying their hands a little bit. But I, the key to win to me this Saturday is they're gonna have to get over 250 yards passing and that's my key. If, they, if they're, you know, throwing it for 150, 60, 70 yards, I, I don't know. California's defense is too stout for me to be able to see them win in that game.
2: We'll see. We'll see. Uh, give us three or four recruits. We've got two or three minutes before. Uh... Yeah. Uh, you know, there were a lot of recruits there, but the main
3: five or so to speak, just kind of we don't have time to go over everybody. But Emmanuel Forbes came back from Grenadines, committed to Mississippi State, defensive back that Ole Miss really wants. He's been to both Ole Miss home games uh, this year over Mississippi State. I think that says a lot. Jamez Latham, a top 150 defensive lineman out of Alabama. Freddie Roach is in really well. He's committed to Alabama, but has been over here no less than eight times mm. in the past six months. So Keep your ears out on that. A guy that was committed to Ole Miss, D.R. McDonald, defensive back out of uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, really good defensive back that Ole Miss had committed. Ty Simpson, a 22 quarterback that Ole Miss is committed, excuse me, that Ole Miss is recruiting and offered out of the state of Tennessee. Uh, a player from Bahella, one of your stomping grounds, really? uh McKillion Pounders. He's an offensive lineman, 2021, 6'7, 270-pound guy, really long and athletic, wow. ran in the low fives, so like a 508 at the Ole Miss camp this summer. So somebody from Bahelia with you. And then MJ Daniels, a DB Uh, 21-kid out of George County that is teammates uh, with McKinley Jackson, as we know, maybe Ole Miss's number one D-lineman on their board. So uh, those are the guys of
2: interest, the main interest that were there at the game. Cool. Um, Got about a minute or so for the break. Uh, Some boys from Ole Miss stood out in the NFL yesterday. Jordan Mm -hmm. Wilkins had a good day. D.K. Metcalf scored his only touchdown. I mean, his first touchdown of his career. There will be many more. Dawson Knox had a great block to spring a wide receiver for a touchdown. I don't I'm not sure what AJ Brown did yesterday. I didn't see much. I've on got him. him on my
3: fantasy team. He had a handful of catches. He did? Mm-hmm. He did.
2: Okay. But uh you're in trouble, big boy. Yeah. Your Stillers, not Steelers, Stillers <laughs> with are 0-2 place, and Big Ben is out for the I year. I know. Mason Ugh. Rudolph though, this guy's really good shot. Six two
3: forty five. He's from Oklahoma State. They drafted him two years ago in the third round out of Oklahoma State. Who? Keep your ears on it. He was in there for three drives in the second half let them the scores. Oh so my gosh. They might be okay. Uh. Mike Hilton played well. He, he had a good game. Today. He did? Mm-hmm. Well, he,
2: he's always going to have a good game. Yeah. Mason Rudolph. That sounds like a guitar player for, <laughs> for Leonard Skinner. Hey,
3: when you see him play, you see what <laughs> I'm saying. This kid can ball. Yeah. He ain't big being nobody. No, yeah. nobody is. <laughs> All
2: right. We'll be right back after the important messages from our wonderful sponsors on Cannon Motors of Mississippi, Rebel Yell Hotline. Hang tight. Across the field on the iron
3: bell Calls the faithful to their
0: knees Hear the
4: Make 2019 a special year with a new vehicle from Cannon Chevrolet. We have a large inventory to meet your needs. Shop our inventory 24-7 at nobodybeatsacannondeal.com or stop by our dealerships in Greenwood or Cleveland test drive the new sporty Chevy Malibu, the family-friendly Chevy Tahoe, and the strong Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a cannon deal, nobody. Chevrolet, find your road.
5: If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander ht go 56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander ht go 56 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV.
6: Why get iPhone XS on the C Spire Network? For that business trip to Chicago when your son sends a funny emoji. <laughs> for Aunt Ella's birthday, where your iPhone XS dual-lens camera takes the picture everyone wants. Oh. Get the most from iPhone XS with twice the nationwide LTE. iPhone XS and C Spire for every moment. CSpire, customer-inspired for a limited time, buy the latest iPhone. Get one on us. Details at cspar.com.
5: A Van diamond is chosen for its excellence, brilliance, and fire. A Van Aken's mount is then chosen for its intricate craftsmanship and detailing. Whether the mount is a beautiful crafted piece from the past, or a specially designed piece from the present, the results are the same. Wow, when you want to say forever, say it with class, say it with love, but most of all, say it with a Van Ackens diamond because you know she's worth it. Van Ackens Jewelers Store, downtown New Albany,
0: or vanakens.com.
1: This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888 808 8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline.
3: There we go.
7: All right, that's welcome back.
2: Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. We are now very pleased to have a guy that's been in the business probably almost as long as I have. Well, I wouldn't say that, but <laughs> he's been in it a long time. The old Miss beat writer for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, a guy that does a very fair, objective, and good job. Uh, um, you know, and, and I, I respect him as a journalist. Parrish Alford. How you doing, Parrish? chuck i'm fine man
7: and and uh i don't think it's been quite as long as you have but it's been a while
2: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) both our teeth are getting a little longer aren't they (laughs) that's right that's right (laughs) but but you've still got a lot of years i don't (laughs) um (laughs) parish we're
7: all day to day
2: yeah i hear you (laughs) let's just jump right into it buddy um I want your objective view overall through a, a fourth of the season. I can't believe the fourth of the season is already. When you put it like that, what's your general assessment of this team?
7: Well, you know, I think they have a path to six wins. Okay, it's not going to be hard. Excuse me, it's not going to be easy. Nothing's going to be easy for this team. And when I looked at them at uh, the beginning of the season, that path for for me included at least a split in the first two games, and it included a win against Cal. You know, they're just some teams that, uh, you know, they're just not going to beat. I mean, I just, I just don't see this team pulling an upset against LSU or Alabama. You know, I don't see them winning at Auburn on the road. But I think uh, Cal is a very winnable game. You know, I think if they pick off Cal, Vanderbilt, Missouri, you know, I think they've got a pass to six. It might mean – you know, surprising us somewhere, maybe uh, against Texas A&M or something like that. But uh, I think they could get to six. It's not going to be easy. Uh, I think uh, the defense is much improved. And the uh, southeastern Louisiana game, after two really nice performances to start the year, I thought kind of showed us that, hey, this is still a, a growth process. You know, there's still a lot of a lot that this team on defense has to achieve. Uh, they've got to get better in Smears. They've got to get better in the secondary, but I think it's very encouraging how they have played the run this year, and I think that's going to be uh, really big. They're going to have to have that run defense and, and have a, a really good game against Cal to, uh, to come out on top.
2: Parrish, switch, I agree with everything you said about the defense, switching over to offense. Some shaky moments on the offensive line, some head, head-scratching head decisions by Matt Corral at quarterback, but he's only played three games. You know, finally this past Saturday got more wide receivers involved, and I think the running backs are still, you know, pro- probably the strength of the offense. But give, give us some offensive comments.
7: Well, has anybody seen a redshirt freshman take over a starting quarterback and, and make great decisions from the beginning? I mean, <laughs> no. the decisions – that you're seeing from Matt Corral right now, again, are, are expected, and it's a part of the growth process. You know, I look at uh, Matt right now, and I see a guy who, uh, you know, accuracy is uh, something that needs to improve with him. But, uh, you know, Chuck, I'm hard on receivers. Even these uh, young receivers at a rebuilding position, you know, I think if you can touch it with your hands, you ought to be able to catch it. Okay? particularly if you're open at the time. You know, to me, uh, Ole Miss had some, uh, had some very good quarterback play, some accurate passing from Jordan Tiamu. And uh, these guys now, that's, they just don't have that. And these receivers have to get used to catching less than perfect passes. If that means that they have to adjust and make a catch on a pass that's a little bit behind them, they've got to do that. If they got to come back for the ball – That Jason Pellerin touchdown, man, he made a diving catch. These receivers need to be able to make some adjustments like that and help out Corral while he is improving, while he is learning to make better decisions and uh, hopefully improve his accuracy as well.
2: You know, and to that point, I thought Demarcus Gregory late in the game made a, one of those type of diving catches and to keep the drive going to seal the wind, keep the ball away from Southeastern. Mm-hmm. Also, I thought Elijah Moore made a couple of those type of catches right. during the game, right. and and he's absolutely the go-to guy. Uh, let's go up front, though. Um, I, you know, after the game the other night, I, I don't know if you were standing there or not. I, I asked Rich Rod about, you know, the, the – Offensive line having trouble with defensive line movement uh, against Memphis and against Southeastern. They didn't have any trouble against Arkansas because Arkansas had stationary targets there. So, uh, how do you rectify that, you think? I, I just, I don't know, Chuck, unless it's just getting snap after snap
7: after snap and it, it, you can practice it, but you've got to see that type of movement uh, in a game. You know, Memphis moved around and gave them trouble. But uh, they've got to be able to communicate better, and they—you know—I watched. Uh, gosh, I had a good sight on the replay on that second uh, sack, uh, sack and fumble, the one that was recovered, and it looked like there was no communication between Eli Johnson and Ben Brown. Both of them had had taken, you know, another defender initially. It looked like. And, uh, and that number 91 the guy with the name that was like three feet long uh, was almost <laughs> delayed in in his pressure and and when he came he just ran straight between them and was mostly untouched and uh, you know those are things that can't happen they've got to uh you know communicate better and i just think it comes with seeing it you know uh, they, they've got to see these shifting fronts in the games and i know they're going to work on that this week and all that but uh you know, they've, they've got to see it live, I think, before you're going to see improvement. But they've got to have some improvement there. And if that means leaving an extra back end on certain plays, I mean, you can't keep giving up 11 tackles for loss. And look, that was 11 tackles for loss against Southeastern, which you know probably doesn't out-recruit many SEC
3: teams.
2: Yeah, I agree. But,
3: I mean, would you think, Parrish, that some of that has to do with play calling? Well... You know, I'm sure it does at some
7: point because it all works together. You know, ultimately, it's going to fall on Rich Rodriguez to help this offensive line help him. You know, he's going to have to be careful with his play calls. You know, he's going to have to put them in position to get it done. Put them in position to, you know, at least shield a guy or getting you know, or get in the guy's way. And I just don't know that it's always going to be running straight up the middle. You know he ran Scotty Phillips eight straight times on that touchdown drive before Pellard made the catch and uh, you know and there's a little bit of a little bit of fan lot swagger in that kind of uh, play calling because it's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna it run is. this till you stop it you know and and they they weren't stopping it at that time you know and and there's something to be said for that and he just kept feeding Scotty and feeding Scotty and they went uh, down the field on that drive and and they executed and scored but uh You know they're going to get different looks in the game, and you're going to have to have different calls. And you know, ultimately, uh, Rich Rod's got to figure out how to put these guys in position to be effective.
2: I thought his answer was kind of interesting, though, when he said uh, he feels like sometimes the offensive linemen are over overthinking and overseeing what's going on when in this offense they want them to block on a track and in other words block who's ever in that track that you're supposed to be on and sometimes they're getting off track because they're seeing something different and it and it's confusing them and they're not staying on track so to speak and I thought that made a lot of sense as well. It's inexperience on the offensive line is what that is.
7: Yeah, yeah. and you know we, look, we looked at this line at the beginning of the season and, and you could see some, some talented fourth year juniors and guys who have been in the program but you know, it's one thing to be in the program, but it's another thing to be in the program as a starter and play every snap and, and see the game speed that much. And and these guys just just hadn't done that. You know, when or just you know, the play. only one I mean, who had done it. We're talking about Ben Brown and Alex Givens, and you weren't sure yeah. how much Givens was going to play in the opener.
2: That's right, and and I'm not so sure that Alex is back to himself yet. Anyway, right. guys
3: like Eli Johnson and Michael Howard and and those players, they didn't. I mean, they. They played maybe 10 20 snaps in their career you know right so it's uh not only not playing every snap it's playing at all I mean Eli played one play what was it last year the year before he's down with the ACL Michael Howard was too late you know to get any he played a little bit at tight end but not on the offensive line it's just so much inexperience and uh
2: right. So uh how about what was your impression of that breakout performance by Mr. Jerry and Ely? I know it's against Southeastern Louisiana, but still a kickoff return for a touchdown and then those two sparkling runs for another touchdown. He gained over 100 yards on the day and uh, hey, pretty good looking freshman.
7: Well, I think most people and, and I'm not an expert by, by any means, but I think most people who who had seen Jerry on Ealy or knew a little bit about him really believed. That he was college ready, that he was ready to to make big plays immediately uh, given the opportunity. And uh, they've done a better job of getting the ball in his hands. And he certainly responded against Southeastern. That being said, Chuck, you look at, uh, you just look across college football today, and uh, you know, you used to hear coaches talk about, well, these freshmen, they got to come in and they got to get some experience and they got to pay their dues, they got to do all this. That's not the way it is anymore, you know? The best teams, the elite teams, are going to have elite freshmen. They're going to have impact freshmen every year. And uh, and he certainly is that for Ole Miss, and they're going to need to continue to uh, recruit guys like that.
2: Parrish, thank you so much for your time, buddy. I appreciate it. I'll see you out at practice tomorrow, I'm sure. Um, and, and enjoy the job you do for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal as the Ole Miss beat writer.
7: Well, thanks a lot, guys. Y'all have a good evening.
2: You too buddy thanks Parish. Parish offered uh, a good not only a, a good good uh, source for old Miss sports news but a, a fine fellow a good Christian man I really like parish and always have uh, Yancey uh, I don't know I I, I it was just weird to me Saturday. Some drives we looked like we were blowing them off the ball and making big holes, and and then next next time we it's like uh, three tackles for loss. I, I, well, I mean, as Matt said,
3: they were running zero blitzes, and, and I mean, I saw 11 in the box, back-to-back plays by them, not nine, but 11. You know, so Ole Miss is going to have to be able to check out of that and
2: throw the football to win these big games. I agree. All right, we'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motor Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Hang tight.
1: is the cannon motors of mississippi rebel yell hotline the lines are open at 888-808-8637 and now back to the rebel yell hotline
2: Welcome back to Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Our next guest is very familiar to Rebel Yell Hotline and uh, <laughs> a very good friend of ours in football operations, Mr. Tom Luke. Uh, Tom, welcome, buddy. Thanks for doing this.
8: Hey. Yes, sir. No problem. No
2: problem. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, I'm going to start you off with the same question I just asked Parrish Alford. Give, give me your assessment one-fourth of the way through the season, uh, just a general assessment of the team overall. Where where you think we stand? What you know? G- give us some thought. Well,
8: well, I think uh, you know, my first thought uh, is that I think we're ahead in some areas more than I thought we would be, and then, uh, you know, and maybe a little behind in some other areas. But I think the uh, I think it's the useful roller coaster things that uh that uh you know. As a as a coach, they're trying to get fixed. They uh, into to get a little bit more consistency. At times, we play really, really, really well, and then it, sometimes we take a step back. And I think that's just part of the youthful part of where we're at. I think that's not new or uh, to anybody. It's not an excuse. It just it is what it is.
2: It, it, expand on that a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I I was talking to. Rich Rod after the game the other night and, and I use that exact same word, inconsistent. And he said, Man, that's the perfect word for what we're doing. We're you know, one drive we look like uh Green Bay Packers and the next drive we look like uh a, a little league team. Um That's right. And, yeah, and I agree with saying, that.
8: I think that the incons- inconsistency is probably the word that fits us best and obviously, you know, when the quarterback plays well uh you know, your team plays well. That's a quarterback-driven uh, game now. And uh, I think when, uh, you know, Matt is seeing things clearly, he is uh, comfortable with what's coming. Uh, he gets the ball to the right places. We look really good when uh, he gets a little bit confused or, uh, you know, I think the natural thing to do, which I would rather do, is do, uh, you know, is to hand the ball off. It's get confused instead of running the RPOs and things like that. Not sure where to go to it. I think you see the handoff, which is better than the alternative, but it still calls drives and you're punting, and it's not what you want it to do, but you don't want to throw into covered areas and be pulling the ball if there's you know, only five guys in the box, and you know, distributing the ball into double and triple coverages, and you know, so I think you know, you're taking the lesser of two evils right now. Uh, you know, it's kind of like running option. You know, you're gonna you're gonna give it on the dive until they tell you otherwise, and uh, or dictate something else. And I think that that's what he's doing till he gets familiar, uh, and then when it's a clear picture, he distributes it. He's been very accurate with the football, you know, when he's delivered it. Uh, so I, you know, at times, you know, you couldn't ask for anything more. But there's those times, a couple drives that, you know, you want to scratch your head as well.
2: Let me ask you this: uh, He got more wide receivers, more and tight ends, and more people involved in the passing game last Saturday. Is that uh, the natural evolution of him just seeing more of the field and making and getting to his second and third progressions a little more often now that he's got a couple of games under his belt, or was that by design? Some coaching uh, there, I, I, I couldn't tell.
8: Well, like I said, I'm I'm not in the meetings every day, so I can't give you an exact thing, but. But you see it every day at practice, him spreading it to running backs, giving it to the tight ends, giving it to the slot receivers, giving it to the wide gap. You see it every day in practice, and you see what the vision is supposed to look like and what it's supposed to carry on on Saturdays. So when you see those things come to life, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of fun to watch and see the maturity of it uh, because all those are uh, accessible. And the coaches can't dictate what defense they're going to be in. So the ball's got to go to the weakest part of the defense, and that's what Rich Rod's offense is designed to do. So that in every situation, you should never have a bad play, And that's that's kind of what the offense is designed to do, to run when they give it to you, uh, maybe more so than in the past. But and but if they put eight in the box, the ball's designed to be thrown every play. So if somebody were to play as eight men in the box, the ball's got to be in the air to – to move the ball down the field and that's what it's designed for and uh, you know which means that the uncovered guy or the weakness in the defense might be a tight end it might be a running back or it might be press coverage on the outside so the ball is going to be delivered to where the defense is at its weakest
2: Kind of a shocking stat to me Tom and, and I'm not trying to stay on the negative track here because there are a lot of good things that are happening on the football team but th- these were kind of glaring to me was uh all the negative plays we had Saturday. This offense, any offense, you just you just can't play with second and fourteen and and third and twelve. I mean, it's just tough. No, so, it's, it's,
8: what do you think going on there? Yeah, I, I, you know. It's definitely not what you want. You know, obviously, we want to stay on track. You know, you need, you know, three to four yards if you run the ball on first down, and you know, you want to keep moving the chains. You want to stay, you because you want to be able to run the ball and pass the ball on every down. You don't want to be put in a situation where they know what's coming because it's you well know in this league, if they know that you're throwing the ball and you're straight drop back. You have a hard time in this league with the type of pass rushers that that are in this conference, and that's not what you want to be at. So we we will get better at that, and uh, you know I think that comes back from reading. You know if if they want to put eight men in, men in the box, and we have to be able to throw it on first down, and that's what I think that uh, that we're going to get to as we get a grasp of better understanding of what's going on on the offense. Oh,
2: let's switch over to defense. Uh, one of the positives for sure thus far is just the improvement on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I mean, I, I'm against the rush. We are better now than we were at any time last year. And, and that's certainly good to see.
8: Yeah. it's. I think that's, you know, obviously, uh, especially after the first two games, you, you know, you see us way ahead of schedule on the defensive side of the ball and, Uh, you know the guys are playing hard they know where they're supposed to be but uh, you know it's a it's it's a it's a matchup situation you know and uh, you know anytime that people can uh, you know find your weaknesses or or what the scheme or out scheme you in certain areas it's you know it's it's tough to uh uh to balance it out then you don't want to Go as hard, and don't you can't sell out at your position. You're you're a little bit tentative, and when they get you back on your heels, you become a little bit uh, uh, more defensive, so to speak. And uh, that's what people hadn't been able to do to us the first two weeks. That we kind of, I thought we did a little bit this past week. They kind of put us on our heels a little bit, second guessing ourselves. So,
2: well, I thought I thought the secondary never did really uh, adjust to the the flare passes uh and i don't even know if it was the secondary supposed to be covering that running back number one it was coming out of the backfield so often and catching that little swing pass and gaining eight ten eleven yards i thought uh we never did do a very good job with him um but at the same time um (laughs) i mean you hold a team to 66 yards rushing you're supposed to win the game and we did that's right
8: i I agree with you 100 percent. you know i think that that's that's where you win football games is holding people under 100 yards rushing. If you can do that, you're supposed to win the football game. And you know, I think our defense has done a, you know, exactly what they set out to do is that was stop the run, and that's what they they pretty much done each and every week.
2: Jaques Jones came in for Momo, and uh, I tell you what, he's he's bringing a stick. I mean, that that <laughs> yeah. that dude is a physical football player.
8: Yeah, you know, I. I Matter of fact, I can remember you know looking back to the Vanderbilt game last year. He made a couple hits in that game, and I said I hadn't seen that here in a while, you know, and you know just to announce his presence with authority, and he he did that, you know, and uh, uh, like I said, I think you know obviously he hadn't played a whole lot of football, and he's but he's getting better and better and better every day, and, you know, and that that goes for a lot of positions on our team. You know, these guys are useful; they're inexperienced, but they, they love playing football, and I think that, you know, they're getting better every day. Uh, and, we just, you know, these coaches have done a great job of putting them in situations not to be confused, to, to simplify things, and for them to know how to react in every situation. And if we can continue to do that, then I think we're going to continue to get better and better.
3: Tom, speaking of middle linebacker, uh Tell us, uh, with Momo, has he had the surgery yet? What What is the best prognosis, I guess, of getting him back, maybe by bowl time or something like that? Is there any chance?
8: I I have no idea beyond yet. He has had the surgery, uh, obviously, but uh, he did have the surgery. you know, Good. to what extent and the time frame, I, I don't, I don't okay. know what that is at this point.
2: Somebody else has kind of stood out to me here recently, uh, Tom, and tell me if I'm wrong. At least he made a. A couple of plays the other day, for sure, that were eye-opening, eye-catching, was Chuck Wiley. I, I'm so glad mm-hmm. to see him finally coming around. He seems to be more natural at outside linebacker than he was with his hand on the ground at defensive end.
8: Yeah, no doubt. I think you know. I think there's several that fit in that category. You, know, I think, a, a Kadir Shepard, Charles Wiley, Sam Williams, uh, all those guys fit into this team. Better, it definitely fits their personalities as well as their their strengths and speed and uh, what they're able to do to uh, also put their hand on the ground on third and long and, and rush the passer. But on early downs, it, it gives them a chance to stop the run in a in a different way other than taking on a three hundred and fifty pound tackle, you know. And so, uh, you know, it kind of suits uh, their skill set, and I think they uh, I think they found a the home with this defense for sure.
2: One thing I like about the 3-4 that I, I, I've i been really disappointed in Ole Miss football in the last four or five years is in, in the four-man four front, we never seem to set the edge. But in with this 3-4, we seem to do a good job of setting the edge and, and keeping runners from getting outside of us a lot better. I'm not saying all the time because no defense is going to do it all the time. but That's a great point. Qu- quite a bit better. To me.
8: Yeah, I think you're right. I think we're quite a bit better. Obviously, you can always get outnumbered, outflanked, and in
2: certain situations,
8: certain formations that uh, might confuse you and things like that, that they can press the edge and make a different person set the edge. But, uh, you know, we've done thus far, you know, I think that obviously stopping the run would has been the number one priority, and setting the edge is a big part of that.
2: A little, a little area of concern for me to this point has been um, not being quite as stingy as I'd like to see us in the red zone. Tom, our, our percentages there not where I, I'd like to see them moving forward.
8: Yeah, I don't think it is for anybody. You know, like said, I think we, uh, but I do attribute it a little bit. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I always, you know. Uh, you know, even when I see it on T V and things like that. We've had a lot of ball and ten yard line, nine and a half yard line situations and that's a tough area to field. You know, when you can get to that, you know, first and goal from the three and a half, obviously your percentages go way up. And uh it just seems in my mind, my recollection, and the stats might tell otherwise, but I just can remember three times distinctly that, you know, we end up on the nine and a half yard line. To start with, and you know, uh you know. Obviously, the goal is to score there. You want to score, you expect to score there, but it does put you at a, you know, as the toughest. In my, in my, in my mind, that's the toughest place to score on the field
2: is from the nine and a half yard line. Well, you know about California, but we definitely brother. got to get better at it. Well, you know about California. I think this is going to be a really good test, but I, I, t- I kind of think it's a toss-up, man. I just think whoever plays the cleanest game is going to win this game.
8: Yeah, I, I think it's. To be honest with you, I just in in my mind, I think it's all about us. How how do we come out and play? Uh, if we set the stone and play the way we know, uh, set the tone and we set the uh, set the way we play, and uh, we're comfortable uh, in, with our game plan and we feel good about it. I think we'll come out and play well. I think we'll, uh, you know, uh, I think we'll uh, decide. Uh, how the outcome is you know rather than them and i just really believe that i I think it it really depends on us uh obviously they are a very 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 good defensive team to this this point and uh, offense they they're scrappy they have a you know a really good running back and a quarterback that likes to get out of the pocket make things happen with his feet uh things like that but uh but they do rely on their defense to win football games
2: Hey, buddy, thank you so much for your time. We'll see you down there. Well, we'll see you at practice tomorrow, but uh, for certain see you Saturday at uh, at the game, and uh, best of luck moving forward. Thank you for your time. Yes,
8: sir. I look forward to a lot of excitement. Yes, sir. All right, buddy. Thanks,
2: Tom. Thanks, Tom. Got to have a big crowd Saturday, too, Yancey. Yeah. Look, let me say this, okay? I know I'm supposed to come on here and say, oh, I'm so disappointed in you fans for not showing up against Southeastern Louisiana. I'm not going to do that, and I'll tell you why. It was hot as nine billy goats out in a pepper patch out there Saturday, and and, and I, I got to tell you, I'm – I was disappointed, but I, I'm not going <laughs> to scream too much at fans for not sitting out on the metal bleachers in that heat.
3: Hey, I'll admit it. I sat in the grove and watched the game.
2: It, I mean, so, it's easy for me to sit here and criticize when I'm sitting in the press box. No doubt. Where you can hang deer meat, and, you know, it's 70 degrees in there. Uh, so I, I'm not going to do that. But I am going to say this. If you don't show up for California, I will be disappointed. Yeah,
3: I mean, you know, it's just about getting the program to where – it's got to be to get those fans sitting on the bench, rather. They're going to go inside the stadium or not. And, and this win will certainly help, uh, or getting a win this Saturday would certainly help, you know, get them yeah, more towards that goal. They showed, up, goal. For Arkansas, showed yeah. up
2: for Arkansas. so Showed up for Arkansas. Well, we 48,000. Yeah. Well, th- not, not terrible considering the season. The because. enthusiasm
3: was there. Right. But the numbers were not. And right. this win right here could set the table for the rest of the season with these big home games coming up, you know. A and M, Vandy, uh, LSU, certainly. So, uh, just just get a victory here, I and mean, I think it'll do a lot. But I think the fans will show. I've spoken with cab drivers, to people in the restaurant business, hotel business. Everything's booked everywhere. It has been since before the season started. The only game this one in LSU. So I think I think there's going to be a good crowd. I do too.
2: I, I I'm not worried about that at all, and I'm not about to fuss at folks that didn't go in that heat. Yeah, we're having
3: this like 2016 season when Ole Miss played Georgia at home. Still the hottest game I've been to. I mean, it's it's just a hot September. I mean, it's brutal.
2: Yeah, no question. And it's going to be hot this Saturday. But eighty nine. You
3: know, I'm going down 10, 10 uh, degrees. So. <laughs> yeah.
2: A little yeah. better. Hey. Yeah, it is, that is ten degrees is ten degrees. That's right. Oh, and that's big in Mississippi. <laughs> No question about it. I had a, I got a buddy from Wisconsin a retired professor at the University of Wisconsin called me the other day. He said, we're having a heat wave up here. It's 82 degrees. I wanted to <laughs> slap him. I wanted to reach through the phone and grab his neck and pull his head through the phone. Oh, he got the response he wanted. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. He was baiting me. Yeah, of no course question. he was. trolling you. All right, we'll be right back with our final segment of Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors. Hang tight.
1: This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now... Back to the Rebel Yell Hotline.
2: Hi, right, welcome back, Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. We're kinda of up against the clock here. Rhino, take it away on around the SEC with Mr. Hayden King, please.
5: It's time for this week's report from around the SEC. Brought to you by Cheney's Pharmacy, home of the Ugly Mug Coffee and TCBY Yogurt. Located next to the library on Bramlett Boulevard. Now let's see what's going on around the Southeastern Conference. The league gave out its Player of the Week awards for football this week. Offensive player was Tua Viola the quarterback from Alabama. He set a career-high 444 passing yards, which is the third most in a single game in school history. He became the first quarterback in school history to throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns in a single game. Defense Player of the Week, David Reese second, the linebacker from Florida. Special teams was Connor Lippert, the place kicker from Arkansas. Landon Dick Got the offensive line award from Alabama, and the defensive line was Marlon Davidson of Auburn. And finally, the freshman of the week was Ryan Halinsky, the quarterback from South Carolina. True freshman Halinski making just his second career start and his first against an FBS opponent, completed 36 of 57 passes for 324 yards with two touchdowns against Alabama. Arkansas Soccer beat number one UNC. It's the first time in school history that a team beat a top-ranked opponent, and Tennessee got its first win of the season. Over Chattanooga on Saturday. That's what's going on around the Southeastern Conference. Back to Chuck and Yancey
2: Thank you, Hayden. Good job. The Ole Miss Quarterback Club will meet this Thursday from 6:30 to 7:30 at the Library Sports Bar. Doors will open at 5:30. Free pizza will be served, and a drawing for several door prizes will be held. Speakers will be running back coach Derek Nix and inside linebacker coach Jeff Coons. Non-members can join on the website at omqbclub.com or join at the door. Rebel Flashback brought to you by Rebel Equipment. Over 50 years of serving the Memphis area with all your equipment needs. Located at 4890 East Shelby Drive, you can rent, buy, or have repaired all of your equipment at Rebel Equipment. Two years ago, Ole Miss traveled to Berkeley, California to take on... The Cal Bears and seemed to have the game in hand after gaining a 16-7 halftime lead on the strength of two long touchdown passes from Shea Patterson to Demarcus Lodge and DeKed McHalf. But the half from hell in the form of second half sprang up from nowhere, and Cal won 27-16 by blanking the Rebels and scoring 20 unanswered points in the second half. The Rebs were penalized 16 times for 113 yards. They only rushed for 53 yards on 29 carries, and Patterson was sacked five times on the day and and intercepted three times. The point of this flashback, the Rebs need to gain a measure of revenge Saturday morning in Oxford. There's no way Cal was better than them in 2017, but the scoreboard showed otherwise. Hopefully this will be a get-even game for the Rebs. Rebel Flashback brought to you by Rebel Equipment, Memphis, Tennessee. All right, the good, bad, and ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. you need a four-wheeler, side-by-side, or lawnmower, Big Delta Power Sports is the only place to shop. Brett Rousey and his staff will give you a great deal on the model you want with affordable financing and competitive prices. That's Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. Good? Okay, guys and girls. I know the win over Sea was not awe-inspiring, but it was a win, and any win is fine by me, and the Rebels did do some good things. They managed to score 40 points, gain over 450 yards. Quarterback Matt Corral did complete 70% of his passes. More wideouts did surface and impact the game, and Ole Miss did have two 100-yard rushers in Scotty Phillips and Jerry and Ely. Ely did run back a kickoff all the way and set a freshman all-purpose yardage record at Ole Miss, breaking Dexter McCluster's mark by one yard. The defense did force some turnovers, which is always good, and did hold Selah to 70 yards rushing, always a goal. So despite a lackluster showing in some areas, It had its good moments as well. The bad, well, overall, you couldn't help but leave the vault, worried about the offensive line's performance a little bit. After taking a step forward against Arkansas, they seem to revert back to the Memphis effort a little bit, having trouble getting much push on run plays against a smaller line, defensive line, and having difficulty with defensive line movement, the same as Memphis. Corral is a little loose with the ball at times, but he'll get out of that. On defense, the secondary got lit up pretty good they got to tighten things up in that department. The tackling was average at best, and the quarterback pressure was not what one would hope for enough of the time. Ugly, well, with that heat, I can't say I blame folks, but the crowd was really poor. Here's hoping and expecting the crowd (laughs) to be much bigger and stay longer against Cal Saturday morning. The Good, Bad, and Ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. Yancey, 11 o'clock kickoff once again Thursday night. Quarterback Club at the library, six thirty to seven thirty. Doors open at five thirty. Free pizza. Go listen to Derek Nix and Jeff Coons. Nine members can join at the door or on omqbclub.com. Two fifty passing yards. That's my. Two fifty passing yards r- is key. the key. That's the okay. key against one of the best secondaries in America. We're, we're told. Yeah. So yeah. that'd be a good day if if we can do that. Yep. Yeah. Um, we still got to run the ball. And we still got to stop. The yeah,
3: line. I mean, you know, as Tom alluded to, this is Corral trying to get comfortable with the offense, and hopefully, he's comfortable enough by Saturday
2: to open it up some. And that, you know, the offensive line has got to have the kind yeah. of game they did against Arkansas, and not the kind of game they had of Memphis or Sela, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, uh, they do. That's that's just gain some consistency.
2: Gain some consistency. You know. Uh, Be be more consistent in your
3: play And and we'll be okay I think the crowd's going to be into it And the defense will play with a lot more
2: emotion Um, I think they'll play more like they did the first two weeks Well there's no question That they'll feed off the crowd The offense and the defense will So that's going to be a critical part Of the game Saturday We've got to have everybody there cheering as loud as they can A top 25 team coming in here And we need to win Is it red or blue day? I don't know I don't know either Uh, When in doubt, where you're at is what I always say. All right. You can be seen that way. We'll be back next Monday night with the Candy Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yo Hotline talking hopefully about a win over the Cal Bears. See you next Monday. Hotty toddy.